I didn't even see it land. I didn't even know it hit the cafe there. Holy smokes, he did it! Off the Hit It Here Cafe! Welcome to the Hit It Here podcast. My name is Colton with my co-host Joe, and this podcast is brought to you by FOCO. But more on them later. Today, we're going to be talking about everything that happened in the last week in Mariners baseball and around the MLB. We got to start first and foremost with Robbie Ray. So as we all know, Robbie Ray pitched against the Guardians in the second game of the season. We covered that during one of our live streams. Make sure to subscribe and turn on post notifications to get alerted whenever we go live to see if we have anything to say about post-game coverage. But he left that game not looking so hot. Colton, what is the news on Robbie Ray? Yeah, he has a flexor strain in his left arm, and it's a tough injury to come back from, especially quickly. The timeline, it's a, it's a, it's a grade one strain. So overall, it's the lowest of all the strains, like the lowest intensity that he has to come back from. Mm -hmm. But overall, I just, he, he's going to be out for at least a month, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Robbie Ray miss, you know, not be back until late June. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but late very, June. Very possible. Yeah. Uh, wow. Oh. I was expecting a, a like a like a late May from you. Late mm. June. I hope not. I mean, that, I feel like I, if it's late June, it might see some setbacks. So that's kind of going to shape and form where our rotations looking like. And obviously, we know Chris Flexen's on the bump today against Shohei Otani. We'll get to more of that later. But to start it off here, we also have got our question of the day, the cafe question day from the comments. Will Nixon, you commented on the last one. Congratulations. You made it into the second one. Your question is, what do you think the pitching rotation and batting lineup will be at at the end of the year? This is just kind of punctual because obviously we have our first injury to the rotation. Colton, what do you think it's going to look like at the end of the year? I think it's going to look pretty similar to what we have now, but instead of, you know, obviously Chris Flexen being in the rotation, ideally in, in a perfect world with no injuries, it will be something like Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, and then George Kirby, and then like a Bryce Miller or an Emerson Hancock, somewhere along those lines if if that's the case but i wouldn't be shocked to see it just kind of stick out with marco gonzalez at the end of this rotation until the end of the year maybe give bryce miller and all them a little bit longer but with injuries and whatnot there's a good chance they see sometime in the major leagues before the end of the year as well 100 percent, and i agree with you it's one of those ones where especially if marco isn't really pitching up to our standards same thing with flexing so it's kind of tough to say as far as the lineup goes i kind of like what they're rocking with against lefties the last couple of days specifically moving Ty France in the two spot Colton Wong not in the lineup I know that's not going to be the case every single day I just I haven't loved what I've seen out of Wong in the two spot it is very early on he could you know get some traction get it going be a you know table setter for the big hitters in the lineup because Julio's going to Julio in the leadoff spot we all know what he's going to do there but something like Julio either Colton Wong or Ty depending on a lefty righty and Gino and Teo fighting for that three or four spot. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them there. Cal somewhere behind them because the switch hitter kind of breaks up that lefty righty or not, not breaks up the lefty righty, breaks up the righties there a good amount. And then some form of DH with Pollock if Hummel figures it out. Is there anything that you've got there standing out for you in terms of the lineup? Anything different? At the end of the year, no, not really. I think we're kind of looking at the same lineup. Julio's going to be the leadoff hitter. He is so good as the leadoff hitter for the Mariners. A great table setter for Teoscar Hernandez and a Eugenio Suarez. Ty France should be in the top three of the lineup. I know some people have moved him down to like five or six. I think he just needs to be in the top three of that lineup because he gets on base so consistently. Mm -hmm. I would not be shocked to see Colton Wong move down to like the eighth spot in front of JP Crawford at the end of the year. JP Crawford has been a great table setter thus far throughout his career for Julio Rodriguez. I know that he's not the best hitter, but overall he is good at getting on base and he puts up good at bats in front of somebody like Julio Rodriguez. In the end, 
the only possible thing that I could see changing, of course, barring injuries, is us seeing more or less of AJ Pollock. Because obviously he had the great game yesterday, but depending on what Jared Kelnick does, that is the biggest change to me that could affect this lineup. If he if if JK plays great, we're gonna see less of AJ Pollock. If JK plays terrible, we're gonna see more of AJ Pollock in left field. And possibly he could move to DH. Obviously, yeah. Tommy Lastella. I don't see Tommy Lastella staying on this team beyond like May. No shot, in my opinion. He's hasn't looked good. Yeah, he hasn't looked good, and he doesn't. He's not healthy enough to play the field. He just it, he has not played the field once. He hardly played the field in spring training. Mm -hmm. Tommy Lastella has no fit on this roster right now. And yeah. overall, if that means Taylor Schmel comes back, if Dylan Moore comes back, and that kicks Tommy Lastella off the roster then obviously we could see some sort of mix up in the lineups but overall I think these are the same guys we're going to see for most of the year yeah I like that you brought up JP and his approach and the way he's looked so far this year he's hitting the ball hard I feel like we he's had some loud outs like there was one last night where he smoked it but it was straight to second base so if he can mm -hmm. start finding some gaps I could see those loud outs turning into some hits you know he's getting bapped a little bit there but yeah his his approach at the plate and his way to get to the top of the lineup flip the lineup card over has been great so far this year I just hope he can continue that success now we're gonna transition here into game one for the Angels Colton what are your your big thoughts here from the game one loss to los angeles angels of anaheim los angeles angels of disneyland yeah that yes. game one was just an ugly game did not love that game for the seattle mariners obviously kirby did not have his best stuff in that game and the mariners just looked more of the same at the plate of how they have through the cleveland guardian series they did not have a good approach they were hitting the ball hard and far but yeah. it just wasn't getting out because of obviously it's cold in seattle right now there's that marine layer out there now is not the time to be trying to hit home runs. And obviously there are some exceptions. Teo obviously got some out. But nonetheless, the Mariners were not stringing hits together. And that all changed in game two. But for game one, they just had a really hard time at the plate. And I think that maybe it's just this team trying to gel together. Maybe it's them trying to get the yeah. big hit when it's needed. Especially mm -hmm. knowing they're struggling with all the expectations they have coming into this year. Maybe they're just pressing a little bit. Or at least they were until game two. Of course. Yeah, I think you brought up the Marine layer. It was in favor of the Angels on game one. Taylor Ward's home run got out. I didn't think he got all of it, but apparently it did. And then, you know, Shohei, Kirby just grooved that. It was a changeup, I think. Grooved mm -hmm. it to Shohei, and Shohei's not missing that. So they've got some big boppers in the Angels lineup. We all know that. We all know the top half of their lineup is pretty, pretty stacked. But Kirby was struggling with more of the back end of the lineup in the beginning of that game he got through the first like i think five four or five batters pretty quickly and then just i think he lost someone to a walk and then luis renjifo just decided he wanted to hit a baseball and he wasn't even supposed to be in the starting lineup rendon was actually in the lineup before that and then obviously his suspension came in renjifo is now in the lineup and he's driving in runs logan ohapi right behind him i think also drove in a run that game so kirby was struggling with the back end the back end of the lineup a little bit more than the front end do you think there's anything with that or is it just kind of baseball in that moment it's yeah it's just baseball i mean yeah. overall kirby looked good he was just kind of leaving pitches a little too much down the middle of the plate and sure. overall i think that teams versus george kirby they know that he's going to be in the strike zone so they're going to be more aggressive with him this year and that's something he's going to have to work around he has the stuff to work around it and he was dotting a lot of pitches that yeah. night like when when he 
was hitting his spots, he looked awesome. Mm -hmm. But if he would miss even a little bit, they were they were hitting the ball and they were hitting it hard. So George Kirby will be fine, in my opinion. I yeah. think that, you know, this is just one of those starts where he'll have to adjust to, you know, how the league has adjusted to him and he'll have to adjust back. But overall, I'm not worried about George Kirby. His his command overall was good. I mean, yeah. if you look at the pitches he was throwing on the outer edges of the plate, they were good competitive pitches. So it's just those ones that he was kind of leaving a little more over the plate they were hitting. And even some of them that weren't over the plate, I mean, just credit credit to the Angels hitters. They they were slapping it the other way. They were hitting the ball hard up the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's his baseball. Kirby did get chased after four and a third. I don't know if it was they're worried about his pitch count at the beginning of the year. They've been pretty short with the leash in terms of pitch count for the Mariners starters so far this year. The bullpen usage, what do you what do you make of I don't know, like when I saw Festa still in there in the second inning and he was just laboring, I was like, what are we what are we doing? And I understand that Festa's not the premier arm in our bullpen. However, I felt it was kind of it was kind of an odd move from Scott, and I understand that we were losing at that point, so why not just run him back out there and save an arm for tomorrow? Do you see any issues with the bullpen usage so far, or what do you make of how Scott is kind of integrating the bullpen right now? I personally don't have any problems with him running Fest out there for 40, 50 pitches like he did, because yeah. at that point, eat it. Just eat the game. We just need to cover innings. The Mariners, I mean, they weren't even close. They wouldn't. They were not even coming close to being competitive in that game. They looked terrible at the plate. So if you're Scott, you got to know, okay, well, this is just a lost cause. Let's go get him tomorrow with Luis Castillo on the mound, mm -hmm. the stopper. And... So I personally don't have any problems with uh, with how they use someone like Vesta. I know that Mariners Twitter and our YouTube comments think that Scott is the devil. But <laughs> yeah. overall, you just got to cover innings and get ready for the next game. You don't want to use your premier guys like a Andres Munoz or a Paul Seawald until, you, you know, you to. know you have a chance to win that game. So. Yeah. I don't know. When we were down, we were down only by one run. I was like, okay, so we're, we're this is a competitive game. And I think Munoz was up at that point. Or he was getting ready in game one, maybe. I can't remember if that's true or not. And if I'm lying to you guys, I'm sorry. And then and then the then the lead gets away. And it's like, okay, just run him back out there. So I, that's totally fine. One big positive for me, specifically in the Angels game, but also throughout this whole year so far, has been J.P. Crawford's defense. Really liked what I've seen out of J.P. up the middle. He had a great diving stop, a little glove flip to Haggerty. And then Haggerty sent some air mail down the first baseline. Um, you know, I think if Wong's there, it could have been a more competitive double play turn. But I, what do you, you think JP's back? Like, is he, this, this is, he is good on the defensive end again this year? I, I think so. I think, I mean, he said at some point that he switched back to a, like a Rawlings glove. I don't remember what he was using oh, before, really? but he said that he switched some sort of glove. I don't, this was like a very niche thing that I just read about on Twitter. He switched gloves and it just <laughs> feels better. He feels like the ball stays in the pocket longer and okay. maybe that's helping. Of course, he has a chip on his shoulder now after being pretty poor defensively last year. And we just go back and talk about Sam Haggerty at second base there. Listen, <laughs> listen, I played first base when I played baseball. Never up the middle except for one game. Joe played second base all Correct. Right, in that one game. And Sam Haggerty was standing on top of the base trying to turn that double play, which is just not what you do. You're supposed to be around the bag, not yeah, on top I of think the bag that or swipe a, across it. Yeah, it was a weird one, though, with like the diving stop and the glove flip. I understand. I don't know. I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I think he was just trying to like make sure like if he doesn't get the ball to me fast, I am here to just take this and eat it. But he decided yeah. to still throw it over. Going to move on to game two. Big one. Big bopper. The win we all needed. The one that, you know, woke Seattle up from their slumber. Teoscar Hernandez, AJ Pollock, new guys in town. Both come in with two home run games. I don't have a stat pulled up, but I'd be willing to say that this is first time in 
a long time that two newcomers to the team in the same game hit multi-home runs. I don't know the stat. I would, I'm, I would put money down that it might be the first time ever. I think Goldie said it was like the 20th time in Mariners history that they've had players hit multi-home runs, two home runs in a game. So but, but the idea new, of them being new guys, like, newcomers, yeah. That's like, that's like uncharted territory for sure. Their first, both of their first homers with the team. Yeah, both that's true. That's true. In the same game, that's that's a good point too. It was great. Know, it was great to see the the bats awake. Also, great to see Castillo on the bump again. He's he's money. There's he's so good, so so good. His behind the back play that was. I know he's probably like scared about his head again, but still at the same time, you know, self preservation sometimes it works out for you. It was really really good. I just I love Goldie's calls too. He's just like laughing. It's like the same thing when Cal hit his home run during spring yeah. training. He's like, ha, 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 ha. he's just laughing about it. And I think it's great because it's just, I don't know. It just makes it more fun. But yeah, Castillo on the bump. I think we know what we're going to get out of him every single time. It's good. It's going to be shut down baseball. And I, my, my vote for him as a Cy Young candidate. It's looking really great so far this year. Yeah. I think Castillo is at the moment. He is basically been prime Felix Hernandez for yes. the seattle mariners so far that's what that's what he's looked like it's prime felix going out there every game throwing up at the most like one or two runs yeah. and then striking out like 10 a game overall luis castillo for the mariners has been so damn good his changeup is disgusting mm -hmm. his fastballs sitting mid 90s and luis castillo i mean he's the rock for a reason you know you see him on the mound he's a stopper the mariners needed after a four game skid yeah and I feel really good about Luis Castillo going into the rest of the year. The big part is keeping him healthy, especially with Robbie Ray on the shelf. You need to keep Castillo healthy because if he goes down, then there's a big, big uh, There's a, there's a big hole in now in your rotation. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For The Mariners' approach at the plate in this game is something that we've been looking for all year long. Obviously, they're either taking the ball the other way or actually hitting the ball hard when it matters. I think that off of Jose Suarez, who's honestly been pretty good against the Seattle Mariners in his mm -hmm. career, especially at T-Mobile Park. Hitting Jose Suarez that hard is just a testament to how good the Mariners lineup could be versus left-handed pitching. And that's by design. Obviously, the Mariners went out and got Teoscar Hernandez, who crushes lefties. They got AJ Pollock, who crushes lefties. Tom Murphy is back, although he didn't look all that great in this game or at all so far this year. Yeah, he's been pretty bad. This is exactly what Jerry Depoto had in mind when he brought all these guys onto the team that could crush left-handed pitching. And especially knowing that there was a decent amount of lefties in this division. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this is the plan that John Heyman said the Mariners don't have. This is the plan that Jerry DePoto put together for the Mariners. You think we could have similar success against like a premier lefty like Framber? I really freaking hope so. Me too. One thing I also want to touch on for that approach, they're not, it didn't seem like they were pressing as much. In, in this game they're seeing a bit more deep counts there's a specific moment cal he's back to his left-handed side at this at bat so it's not against suarez but he got down early in the counter he something was he just he was he was losing the battle in this at bat and then he just takes a little a pitch flips it over david fletcher at shortstop for an rbi single i loved that at bat i thought it was a great approach from cal shows a lot of growth from him as a hitter at the plate and i think if we can kind of just take this game and ride the momentum of that for our offense. A lot can be done for the rest of this series. One thing I think we don't want to see happen for the rest of, you know, a continuation here is Paul Seawald was garbage last night. Unfortunately, yeah. you never want to see a reliever go out there and just, you know, make a fool of himself. But Paul Seawald sure did that. Yeah, I mean, walking batters is never going to get you 
anywhere that you actually want to go. And Paul, unfortunately, I think he either walked one or walked two last night. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't look good. He wasn't hitting his spots. Polly Wald's overall has looked pretty good for the Mariners this year so far. Yeah. And of, of course, limited action. I think that Paul's going to be fine. It was just one of those times where he went out there. The game was already like the game was, it was 11. It was 11 to nothing when he came into the game. So, yeah. so maybe the intensity wasn't there. He wasn't like feeling the moment. He wasn't able to be like, Aah! you know, like he does when he like strikes people out. Sorry, that was probably loud. But same thing, right? You know, he's a he's a back end reliever. He's there for the high stress moments. He's just out there in 11 nothing game to see some work to get through the motions. And unfortunately, he got batted around a little bit. Yeah, and it is what it is. That's going to happen throughout the year. Just come back and get him in the next one. Not worried about Paul Seawald. But what I am worried about is you guys checking in over on FOCO. If you use code MARINERMOJO10, you'll get 10% off your entire order over at FOCO. Obviously, we have this sick little Mariner moose here and, of course, the spring training bobble. FOCO is the leader with dropping bobbleheads throughout the season. Things that whatever happens. For example, I don't know if it would ever happen, but the Mariners could get a bobblehead of Teoscar Hernandez hitting his first home run with the Mariners. Don't know if it'll happen, but it could be there. Mariner Mojo 10, be sure to check out the link in the description down below and make sure you support us and FOCO. After last night's success, Joe, how do you think the Mariners can get to Shohei Otani today? Uh, you don't, I'm sorry. Uh, last year, Shohei Otani only had five total games where he allowed over two earned runs. So you need Chris Flexen to go out there and also limit the Angels' offense. I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. You can get to Shohei. It's possible. There, there are ways to do it. You need to just string hits together. In his appearances last year against the Mariners, it was three starts. He had a .95 ERA. However, he gave up 13 hits and four walks. There's 17 runners on base that can potentially have turned into earned runs if you're able to string some hits together. That's what they need to do this afternoon. I think they had a great approach at the plate last night. Obviously, it's against a different guy. It's not against the best baseball player on the planet. So stringing hits together might be a little bit hard. You got 102 sinker coming at you. You got a slider breaking away from you at 88 miles an hour. Then you got 101, just a straight fastball coming at your dome. It's not going to be easy against Shohei, but the, not at your dome. You know, high cheese, bro. You got to back him off. It's not going to be easy. And that's... I don't think the Mariners want anything easy, though. They don't want anything given to them. And I think with that in their mind, they're going to come out with an attitude of like, hey, we got to go after this guy, get after him early. I hope that doesn't mean that they're pressing and swinging out of pitches that they shouldn't at the plate, trying to get it to him super early. They need to be patient, but they need to pick their spots as well. So like I said, 19 innings, 13 hits, four walks. If we can string some of those together, turn them into maybe a bloop and a blast or a gapper somewhere in there, we could chase Shohei relatively early maybe by the fifth and get to the angels bullpen which it's been okay this year but it's been a problem for them in the past and i think that's one of the big things that the mariners should do is just try and get shohei out of there early he shoved against the athletics but that is the athletics however the athletics did put up 11 against the guardians their first game and they beat the guardians last night so again baseball's a crapshoot you don't you don't know what you're gonna get if you can get shohei out of, shohei out of there early though that is the number one thing you should try and do. Yeah, I think that's exactly what the Mariners need to do today is work the count on Shohei. He's going to be around the corners of the plate for most of the game. If you're able to kind of take that pitch outside and not chase it, you're going to be able to work some deep counts off of Shohei Otani. And if you could do that, you could probably chase him out of the game early. Of course, he'll just, you know, remain in there as the DH. But nonetheless, getting Shohei Otani out of the game early is something the Mariners, if they can do it, they have a good chance to win today's game if 
and that is a big if Chris Flexen can keep them within striking distance. Looking around the league, we're going to look at the standings. And the Braves, they're currently leading the National League East at 4-1. The Philadelphia Phillies, the World Series representative for the National League, 1-4 right now. Just got their first win against the Yankees yesterday. Not looking super hot for them, but it's five games in. The NL Central, the Brewers are on top. The Reds and the Pirates are playing good ball. 3-2 and two for both of them. They've both got winning records, you know. I don't know what we're going to see out of them for the rest of the year. And then into the NL West, the Padres not coming out as hot as they wanted to. They did lose, I think, two out of three to the Rockies. And they lost last night to the Diamondbacks as well. The Dodgers are currently first in that division at four and two. The only undefeated team left in the league. Who is it? You know who it is? It is the Tampa Bay Rays. The team that I was like, they're not going to be as good this year. And of course, of course, they're five and oh. Of course, they're five and oh to start the year. Everyone else in that division... Three and two, two and three, Yankees, Orioles, and then Red Sox, Blue Jays at two and three. It'll shake up a bunch throughout the whole year. That's going to be a super competitive division, especially with the Rays getting off to a hot start. What do you want to say? The Red Sox are exactly where I thought they'd be. Yeah? You never doubted yourself for a second there? In fact, they've actually won one more game than I thought they would all year so far. Is there is there a team in the AL Central that's not where you thought they'd be? How about the Minnesota Twins at four and one leading the division? They started the year off with back-to-back -back shutouts, dude. Look, yeah, I mean, their pitching looks great so far. Their pitching looks great. Their uniforms look ugly, but their pitching <laughs> looks great. And Joey Gallo, I'm just saying, he's not dealing with the stress of New York anymore. Mm -hmm. He's looked really, really good for the Twins Looking thus far. Comfortable. They did, however, get complete game shutout by the reigning National League Cy Young last night, Sandy Alcantara. Shut him down in less than two hours. It's an hour and 57 minute game time. Just un unbelievable. And then our beloved American League West is. A mess right now we don't we don't really need to talk about that much, it's upside down yeah, yeah it, it is pretty much last. upside down yeah You're, you got you, you nailed it there now we did this thing on twitter last week make sure to go follow us on twitter at mojo mariner it is going to be linked in the description but we do have a weekly power rankings we're going to be releasing our new ones this coming monday colton you want to give a little preview anything in mind for what you had last week compared to what's going to be coming out next week for your power rankings, you had the Cardinals, I believe, in the top 10. I had the Guardians in the top 10. Anyone falling out? Anyone coming in? It's tough to say after this this few of games. I think you could definitely, you know, if, if you really want to be drastic, you can move the teams around like the Mariners at this point would probably not be in the top 10. Sure. It For a lot of national rankings. Overall, I feel like I'm still pretty set on what I had last week. I mean, you, there's so little you can tell from five games. I think that... We both Maybe had the Astros one. Do you think the Astros are one after the first, you know, couple of games here? I mean, I, I, we've got a weekend of games to play as well. So I'm keeping them at one for right now, but Ooh. that could very well change on Monday. I mean, realistically, I guess I should just put the Rays at number one. Exactly. And the Phillies I mean, at number 30. Neither know? of us had the Rays in the top 10, right? So yeah, I don't Rays, think so. Rays got to be creeping into the top 10 at least. I would say with this coming week. But yeah, if you guys want to make sure to follow us on Twitter, check that out. We're going to be doing those every single week throughout the regular season. Now we mentioned the upcoming games for the rest of this weekend. The Mariners do have a game off tomorrow after they finish the homestand today against the Angels. And we're heading to Cleveland to face the Guardians again in another three game set. Colton, what are we looking at for the Guardians to start off this series? Pretty similar to what we saw thus far from them in the opening series of the year. Aaron Savali is gonna be on the mound for the first game of the series against Logan Gilbert. Then we're going to see the Mariners take on Cal Quantrill, right? Correct. He'll be pitching next in the yeah. lineup and the rotation. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna be against Marco. Should no. be, I mean, it should be. Yes, yeah. if, 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 if he's not on paternity leave, which 
you guys may know by the time you're watching this who knows he might have gone on paternity leave i, I don't about know that so overall we get to see the guardians again i'm super excited to see james karen check after he just got walked off last night i'm just saying ooh, james karen big tough bro big tough and I, then you hate you just hate to see it yeah the final game there matchup wise should be kirby versus zach Plesak. Plesak didn't make it I think he only pitched an inning against the Athletics in the first game. It was a big, the big 12 to 11 game. Plesak, I think he went one inning, gave up seven hits and six earned. So he got hit around by the Athletics. Of course, it is in Oakland, so it's not in his home ballpark. Maybe he pitches better in Cleveland. I don't know. But knowing that the Athletics were able to hit Plesak around, I have good faith that the Mariners could do the same thing to him in that final game of that series there. And the good news is the Mariners, they're going to be missing Shane Bieber. That's like the big part right there is missing Shane Bieber. Of course, Logan Gilbert was really good against the Guardians already. Mm -hmm. So really excited to see if the Mariners can kind of turn around their luck on the Guardians. Of course, the Mariners are now one and three against the Guardians so far this year. They need to win all three games to take the season series with them. And that way they have the advantage in the tiebreaker if the Mariners were tied with the Guardians at the end of the year. Now, we've got some serious matters to take care of really quick. The Mariners lineup card just dropped for the game today. We've got Julio leading off. Ty France staying in that second spot, batting second here. Suarez batting third. Cal Raleigh, switch hitter, batting four. Teoscar Hernandez batting five, which means Colton Wong is no longer batting two. He's not in the top half of the order. He is batting sixth in this lineup against Shohei Otani. We've got Pollock DHing. I think it's a great day for him to DH. Get him out of left field. Keep him in the lineup against a righty. Kalanick batting eighth playing left and jp crawford batting nine what do you make of this lineup you like it i like it i think the only thing that i would switch that i would probably bat colton wong in place of jared kellenick switch the two around here i think that having colton wong jp crawford and julio rodriguez you basically have like a top of the order one two with wong and crawford and then going to julio rodriguez after that i think that would be the best way to do it of course kellenick okay. does have the power with that being said obviously kellenick has yet to produce this year colton wong he's hit the ball hard quite a bit I think this is a good lineup. I think going against Shohei Otani, this is the best lineup you could have put out there. I don't think that Pollock against Wrighty is going to be a bad thing. He mm -hmm. hit really well against Wrighty's yesterday. So Thanks. even though he's supposed to be the lefty killer here, I think Pollock's going to do just fine as a right-handed hitting DH versus Shohei Otani. Now, we mentioned Jared Kelnick's struggles so far this year. He did look really good in spring training. I had a video about that just a few weeks ago. Let's see if we can turn it around today against Shohei Otani. We appreciate you guys watching the second episode of the Hit It Here podcast going up at noon every Wednesday. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day and go Mariners.